and welcome to the Victorious Living Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Nakia Young. And if you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome to Victorious Living Solutions. We are a transformative coaching company and we empower high potential leaders to crush their goals despite life's challenges and live victoriously. So be sure to check out victoriouslivingsolutions.com for even more info. This is the podcast. And of course, we talk about all things living victoriously. And we have a very special guest with us in our virtual studio today. And that is none other than Simeon Henderson. And let's give him a hand. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. So anybody, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Anyone who's in the Chicagoland area knows that this is one of Chicago's finest right here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Well, hello, Nakia. Thank you for having me on. And uh, hello to all the viewers. I am Simeon Henderson, um, affectionately known as Mr. Chicago. <laughs> and I, I kind of got that when I was working uh, for WCIU channel 26 as an on-air personality but i always say i'm always giving love to the city that loves me back grew up on the west side of chicago uh, where i overcame illiteracy uh, dealing it uh, gangs drugs violence and all of that my mom always said she wasn't going to let the streets take her babies mm -hmm. so you know she got us out of there and you know thanks to my 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 parents and my uncles and and uh, family and mentors and coaches, I was able to turn my life around and overcome, you know, some of the obstacles that were faced before me. And um, I, um, I've, I've uh, dedicated my life to helping people. Everyone knows I do acting, but acting is my passion. People are my purpose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always try to walk in that and no matter what I do, kind of stay focused on the purpose and goal of, making this world a better place. And I know I'm only one person, but everybody can do their part. And that's kind of who I am in a nutshell. I love it. I love it. I love it. You guys, I, I know I've kind of talked about on here that I do entertainment as well. I don't do it as much. Yep. <laughs> focus more on this, this life coaching, speaking workshop facilitating mm -hmm. space, but that is actually how I came to meet Simeon through, I can't even remember which play at this point, because back in the day, <laughs> child, I was ripping runways, doing stage plays. Yes, you were, yep. Name it, you I were. did it. I had a time. I got all kind of cool stuff I can show my kids now. <laughs> but I met him during that time of my life, and I've never seen you. And this is saying something, because, you know, it can be some interesting characters in the Chicago entertainment industry but i've never yes. seen you in a bad mood every time i've seen you you're always <laughs> smiling you're always uplifting people you've always mm -hmm. been a person who was about your business always standing on business doing your thing but also reaching back and seeing yes and help other people up who are also trying to do things mm -hmm. in this business which is also rare um sometimes yeah. chicago has this this nickname, City of Haters, or you can make it in Chicago, you can make it anywhere because it, it gets real doggy dog. I'm, I'm honored that you uh, are interviewing me. And um, it's just one of those things that everything that you're doing is necessary. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that um, it's work. It's work. Um, yes. Loving people, caring about people, and wanting the best for people, it, it's a task. And and I, you're up for the task. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing. And people like me, 
I glean from you. I see what you're doing. Sometimes when you're in this, when you're doing content and you're sending emails out, there's a, and I know a lot of you out there can relate. There's a season in business. And if you can overcome this season, it's so worth it in the end. But oh my God, this season sucks monkey nuts. I'm sorry. It just does. And this is the season where you're like, hello, yeah. is anyone out there? I'm doing the things. I'm sending the emails. I'm mm -hmm. the posts. And it just mm -hmm. seems like it's crickets or things are moving, but they're kind of, they're not moving mm -hmm. as fast as you want them to move. And to, mm -hmm. I would just say, if you're there, just keep going, just keep going because you never know who is opening those emails and who is reading them and who needed something mm -hmm. that you said right then, yep. that encouragement to keep going. And, right. you know, it's not always this social media era. It's gotten us all obsessed with likes and, you know, going viral. Yeah, yes. All of that. But yes, yes. Whoever you can impact, if you impacted two people, you know, if somebody mm -hmm. you impacted one person that said, I was about to give up and then I saw your podcast or yes. my email right when I was about to give up and I saw, mm -hmm. and you, you never know. So just keep mm -hmm. doing it to the glory of God and don't worry about trying to keep up with the industry Joneses or, you know, oh, man, yes. it seems like it's it's so easy for that person. And why isn't my stuff blowing up? I'm, I must be doing something <laughs> Oh, I just, I don't give up. Like, don't. yeah, yeah, don't I feel up. you. And it, it's a slow season now. And I said, I won't pigeonhole it to one industry or mm -hmm. one um, event or job. It's, it's like that period for some strange reason. Yeah. And what you just said, you just have to stay focused because mm -hmm. um, if you look at people and you look at situations, it can bring you down or make you take steps back because you're looking at people. Yes. And that's why you have to stay, you have to, you have to stay focused on your purpose and the goal. And then when you stay focused on your purpose and the goal, you're going to do it, whether it's one person or 1000 people. So, yeah. Very much so. So, all right, you guys, let's get into it. The last time I saw you in person, we were mm -hmm. it was at November Media and that's the publishing company that I published my first book through. And uh, they had a conference and Marshawn Evans Daniels, who is one of my favorite coaches that I love to watch and listen to. She spoke at this conference yes. and uh, that was when I saw you. And I think we did a book swap and he mm -hmm. autographed this book for me, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for your support. You can't really see it. But this book, Through the Eyes of a Man. I was like, oh, let me see what Simeon talking about. And I sat down and I read that book cover to cover, like the same day I got it. And I was like, it was just you so can. inspiring. So I, we got to get into this. And I know you've written a lot of stuff since then, yeah. was years ago. Um, you couldn't believe I went through that, could you? I couldn't. I was like, <laughs> you, you all, if I don't feel like what I've been through was a person, he's sitting right here talking to us. <laughs> this was a lot. This was stuff. I was like, Simeon, oh my God. Like, I laughed at certain parts. I wanted to yeah. cry at other parts. Yeah. Like, I need the Simeon, I need the Simbo movie. <laughs> you need to go ahead and start figuring out who you want to play you 
Because, yeah. and listen, let's give the audience the cliff notes. Tell them, I want to know about your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Give us a brief synopsis of, it was bullying. It was just- Oh man, I, I look, give us- I overcame. Yeah. So I just, I just give you a little bit. It's, it just pretty much talks about a young man that was born on the west side of Chicago mm-hmm. um, that went through a lot of trials and tribulations that that stem from let's say bullying in school mm-hmm. um, being bullied and you know hurting people other hurt other people mm-hmm. as as a result of being bullied I became a bully and um and then I had uh, a learning disability I had an IEP till I was a junior in high school so um my mom always taught me not to let somebody's opinion become my reality and I learned how to read through memorization mm-hmm. and um so I talked about all of that and you know, overcoming the giants and the be symbolic moments. You see, I have be symbolic, which means simply your best and being deeply rooted uh, stimulates growth. Going from being illiterate to having my own word with its own meaning and definition. But not only that, but people actually say it and wear it and believe in it. And then um, overcoming abuse. I was abused um, by my stepfather. Like I'm talking about like, yeah, like you read the book, you'll see. Like I, I was graphic. I didn't hold anything back. I told, I told the story like it was because yeah. I was at, I was at a point where I always said when I got older, I was gonna kill him because mm-hmm. I was that mad at what he did to me and how he did, how he treated me and how he hurt me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got to a point in my life where before my mom passed, she told me that I had to let a lot of things go. I had to forgive people. That was one of the things. And then I did. And um, and I, I talked to him and forgave him and told him, you know. And I think the thing that made me mad is when I told him about it, he acted like it never happened, mm-hmm. you know? And I and I said, well, okay, it is what it is. I gotta let this go. Yeah. So uh, when you read the book, you get a glimpse at my life and how I grew up and the things I went through uh, to get to the man you see today. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if it wasn't for having a strong support system and going, um, having, my coaches and people that really were my, my uncles that were in my corner, my dad before he passed, I would have, uh, I would have crumbled, man. I would have went the other way. And, and there were times where, you know, I would run with the game bangers and the drug dealers because that's where I was, that's, they were my homies. That's where I lived. And mm-hmm. I just thank God and my mom, I never got called. I was fast. So, um, <laughs> so this is one of those things where, um, but God was always the focal point in my life. I come from over a hundred years of ministry. Um, <laughs> But from my great grandfather, uh, Hobson Jackson, to my grandfather, Johnny Jackson, to my other grandfather, Samuel Henderson, my uncle's a pastor. I am now, uh, I've been ordained uh, as a minister, but what I've been doing is ministry for years, mm-hmm. uh, just always giving back and, and always be, everything I do is faith based. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, no matter what people say or what people are doing in the world, you have to stay true to who you are. And when I speak, I always let people know I don't press my beliefs and my faith on anybody, but mm-hmm. I am a man of faith. This is what I believe. And I know what's kept me yeah. and keeps me, you know, so that's how, that's how, uh, that's who I am. And, and I let people see that in what I do. Hey man, that was you talking about the, the literacy and having an IEP and all of that. That mm-hmm. was so shocking to me. There were a lot of things that had my mouth like, but that was really shocking to me because 
I actually, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I actually have a master's degree in special education and I taught special education in Chicago public schools off and on for like five or six years. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you know, you know, I, you know, I've been a teacher mm -hmm. and that's what I have. I have my master's in educational leadership. Yeah. My, my, I could be a principal, but I never would do that. But I didn't know you did education. I did. Mm -hmm. I did uh, my undergrad degree. I went to DePaul and I got my bachelor's. Mm -hmm in psychology with a concentration in child development and then went on to be a teacher. I used to work in group homes first. Mm -hmm. uh, so just seeing a lot of your experiences mirroring the backgrounds of students that I've taught in the past. Mm -hmm. And I just usually, usually I'm able to tell if somebody has a special need. Even if they never tell me, I'm usually able to tell something and it's not even mm -hmm. it's, it's usually can pick it up um, yeah especially people who are on the spectrum like they have all kinds of tells that yes like, yes it just comes out um but i never got that from you never, <laughs> like there was never any inkling there was never any like when i tell you god has done such a work in your life that you do not look like anything that you've been through in this book like gone through the fire, not smelling like smoke, <laughs> ashes. No, like if you didn't tell people these things, they would not know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was too busy making you laugh so you wouldn't. Man. You, if, any, if anything, you'd just be like, he crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think, I, I think, um, I think that, I think it's important. Um, I think it's important for people to see you as you are. Yeah. And I've always been a happy person, even yeah. when things weren't happy. Yeah. I, I always, I always, um, I always said that it wasn't for me to project onto other people what yeah. I was going through. Yeah. And I think that was just my, um, my whole thing about service, mm -hmm. helping people and helping others. I can't help others if I'm bringing them my baggage. So I would always have to, and it's even like that. It's been like that in my family. I've always been one of the ones, the strong ones that, you know, be, instead of being able to grieve, I have to make sure everyone else is all right and yeah. deal with what's going on and things like that. So um, sometimes, and sometimes it, it can get a little draining and yeah. uh, it gets a little draining because Sometimes you need to relax. Sometimes you need to exhale. Sometimes you need to refocus. Mm -hmm. And and so I think uh, I've been learning more and more and still growing in that area. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Tell me what are three things that you can think of that really helped you to overcome some of the things that you were dealing with? Specifically, let's lean mm -hmm. into one of the main ones you mentioned, which was bullying. Okay. I was bullied a lot as a kid too. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a reason when you go to therapy, one of the first things they ask you is, you know, tell me about your childhood. Like there mm -hmm. is a reason they do that. And it's because things we experience as children, if they're not properly processed and dealt with, they absolutely impact the kind of adult or person we grow up to be. Um, mm -hmm. Bullying is really huge. It definitely... I did a lot of inner work to get past that, but what was, how did you process that, process that and overcome that? So good question. For me growing up, um, I was always taught that you couldn't get beat up by a girl. 
Mm. That was like a, that was taboo. You could and, and if you were scared of a girl or something, you better not say anything, mm. right? And, and for unfortunately, my first bully was a girl, mm. and and I couldn't tell anybody, so I I I masked it. I would mask it. I would uh, hide it and cover it up. And and then what I started doing was I started finding someone I could bully. Mm. So that was my way of coping with me being bullied. I was doing to other people what was done to me. And I was doing it because it was being done to me. Yeah. And um and and uh and the thing that brought me out of it, Nakia, was my mother found out. Mm. Now I got think about a black mama, mm. <laughs> a, a, a Christian black mama that mm. don't play none of that kind of stuff. Uh, finding out and and that's what stopped it she mm. she 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 stopped me and um and i'm glad she did and then as a result i had to end up facing my giants which was my bully and then i had to say something but but the reason that it happened like it was happening is because i was scared to speak up i'm not even scared to speak up i was embarrassed yeah you know embarrassed embarrassment it held me back and even as a young man as a young kid, I saw my uncles and my dad and, and the men around me be men. So yeah. to me, you know, knowing, you know, I grew up, I was an old soul. I grew up around my, all my grandparents and my uncles. So I always saw men be men, Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that um, held, held me bound in my mind, you know, that I couldn't let anybody know what was happening to me because it was embarrassing and it was against the guy code. <laughs> mm, wow <clears throat> I was cracking up laughing a part in the book when you said like all of a sudden the teacher said oh such and such is not gonna be here she transferred I think she went to another school or something it was oh phew, thank god um but yes that miss miss bully girl I think my first bully was actually a boy mm. um there were a couple there were these two boys that they were best friends and they both bullied me together. And Oklahoma has like middle school. Well, they have that here too, but I know mm -hmm. a lot of Chicago public schools, the middle school and grammar school are like combined, which is so- Yeah, it's K through eight. Yeah. A lot of them are K through eight. That's yeah, so- a lot of them are. It's not like that in Oklahoma. At least it wasn't like that when I was in school. I don't know if it's changed mm -hmm. now, but you would go K through five. Yeah. Six through eight had its own school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that was suburbs. Yeah, see, that's how we did it. And it should be like that because six through eighth grade, they need to be off somewhere. They don't need to be in the same school with little kids. With the little kids. Yeah. 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 But I said that to say I had those two knuckleheads for we went to the same grammar school. And then mm -hmm. in middle school, I had those, I was like, oh God, please let them go to a different middle school. And they were at the same middle school. I was like, Jesus. But I did transfer after sixth grade. So I didn't, I didn't see them anymore. Mm -hmm. But years later, I'm talking about grown me. You know how you think you've grown past something and then something happens to trigger and try to take you back to the old you? Yeah. One of them friended me on Facebook out of nowhere. And I was like, mm -hmm. 
I was in the DMs like, you got your nerve. You messed with me my whole life. I just went off. And do you know he did the same thing you said your stepfather did? He was like, he acted like he didn't know. Yeah. I don't remember any of that. And you know, but you know the thing about it though? He probably didn't even remember because you, you guys were young, you were kids, mm-hmm. and he probably he's probably matured now, mm-hmm. hopefully. And hopefully. he probably didn't. <laughs> I look, I'm like, hopefully, and, then, I mean, and and he probably, he probably did my, my bully, the girl I talked about, mm-hmm. it was hilarious when I did a thing, releasing my book and talking about my book. She was one of the first people on that congratulated me. She follows all my stuff, everything. And I'm like, I'm look, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the comments and stuff. Like I'm doing a live interview or yeah. like I'm, when I'm doing my podcast, she's watching. I want to say, that's her right there. That's her. You. Was, Speaking of the devil, y'all, here she is. <laughs> I'm like, ain't that about it? Y'all not going to believe this. Look. Yeah. We yeah but yeah. So. Man. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I'm glad that your mom found out and put a stop to it. Uh, definitely put a stop to you being, I can't even imagine yeah. being a bully. I, just, I know that's that's that is crazy. I I just that just sounds so. <laughs> I can't even imagine sweet little Simeon bullying someone. Uh, but no. So let's talk mm. about neighborhood stuff now, because mm. we got bullying is one thing, but people don't understand when you grow up in a neighborhood that has mm-hmm. violence, that has you're in constant fight or flight mode. Look at baby Simeon. Oh my goodness. Mm. Could you imagine him being a bully? No, I cannot. <laughs> you still look like that. That is the sweetest picture. My goodness. Oh. I ain't going to show you no little pictures of me because, child, maybe I, I'll do that on a podcast one day. Y'all be like, ooh, child, the globe is real, Nakia, because, woo, child. But no, um, it's, it's very just being in a constant state of you have to be on guard. Like mm-hmm. always watching your peripherals, you're always because anything could pop off at any given time. So anyone who's come from a neighborhood like that, you already know that mm-hmm. you it's man, it's a lot. So what would you say were some things you did to just survive in that space and mm-hmm. also not take on the mentality of the space? Okay. Yeah, let's talk so, about it. So- so some of the things that I did to survive in that space mm-hmm. actually put me in danger mm. a couple of times. Wow. So one of the things that we did to survive in the space, I played basketball growing up. So mm-hmm. we would be on a basketball court from sun up to sundown. Yeah. You know, in the summer, it wasn't like it is now. We go out when the sun come up and we go, we they they had the the um the little row house where you go get your lunch and eat. We go eat lunch and then we go back to the court, be playing. And by the time the sun going down, we going home. So we, you know, because you know your mama didn't play that. Yeah. And um, being on the basketball court was my sanctuary. But there were a couple of times where being on the basketball court almost cost me my life. Wow. Um, the one time there was a shootout. They shot. They were shooting across us. Like say they on this side. They on this side. We're right here in the basketball court playing basketball and, and they just start opening open fire at each other and shooting like we weren't even there. You know, wow. we're down on the ground. I, I vividly remember like seeing like bullets scrape the court, you know what I'm saying? And hearing it hit off the, the uh, project building, you know, 
and it was just it was just crazy and but some of the things that I did to stay away from that was sports and then we would actually go to other nicer neighborhoods and go play basketball and and we tried to we played marbles and went bike riding by UIC and did summer camps those are the things that we did but even in doing those things sometimes we encountered some some dangerous situations Mm -hmm. and some danger so yeah it was that's what it was like growing up you know in in the village where I grew up at yeah it was called the village you know Mm -hmm. on the west side of Chicago man I can't I've had I've been in a neighborhood where drive-bys took place but I've never been narrowly missed by bullets like that that's oh man Nakia I know that I'm here for a purpose I I, I've been in that situation several times including a time where someone put a gun to my head and pulled the pulled the trigger and it jammed like so if you don't think I know my purpose man you gotta think twice so I, I know I'm here for a reason you know and I don't take that lightly and um so when people ask why do I do what I do or why I'm always so passionate about helping people and making a difference. It's because, you know, somebody, A, somebody did it for me, and B, I feel someone has to do it. I tell people all the time, it's like when I pledge my fraternity, um, a lot of the stuff I went through, and I pledged by myself, a lot of stuff I went through, when I pledged uh, young men, I wouldn't let other people do certain things to them. And they would be like, it happened to you. Why are you? And I'm like, so I said, I said, all great people had to go through a little turmoil in order to be great and help people. So you don't, you know, you look at what's the vision, what's the goal, what's the mission. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the focus, not the silly stuff, you know, yeah. the education, you know, so yeah. Man, oh my goodness. So we got sports. We've got, how did you get, I know sports was a big saving grace for you. Mm-hmm. How did you discover the entertainment portion? Because y'all, Simeon <laughs> does some stuff. What do you do? Acting? Don't you? Do you like sing or make? I know you do music. Is I it, used to. Okay, got it. So what? So, are, so how did you discover that part of yourself? So so I discovered entertainment mm-hmm. through sports. Oh, okay. Yes. So so coming out of college, um, I was a All American football player. Broke some NCAA records, and uh, I was uh, I was trying out for pro teams and doing that that thing, and uh, I I I ended up going to camp. I went to camp for the Rams. I got hurt, came back home. I was rehabbing, and uh, I, because of the circles I ran in, I started doing some modeling. Okay. And uh, so I started doing some modeling, and you know I thought it was fun for me because I love people. Yeah. So, so I used to have a ball. I'd be on the runway dancing, having a ball. And uh, one day, this guy came up to me. He was like, "Man, I love your personality. You'd be great on my show." And I'm like, "Whatever. What are you talking about? <laughs> Whatever." And so we exchanged information. And sure enough, he had a show on Can TV. Okay. So I went down there and I started. I started doing interviews and I would host um, little fashion shows and things like that. And people were watching me on local TV and people would call in and ask how they could book me to host their events. So I started hosting um, fashion shows, um, 
uh, what you call it, uh, talent shows and different things like that. And and I ended up, <laughs> I ended up my my barber was like, man, they're auditioning for barber shop. You should go. Mm. And I I didn't have a headshot, a resume, and so I got the sides. I learned the I learned the part. I dressed the character. I went there. The key I dressed. I I was going for the Black Panther. Okay. I dressed like a black part a Black Panther. I had Eldridge Eldridge Cleaver's book in my head. I parked three blocks away and walked to the audition in character. Mm. I got there and you've heard of Sharon King. Sharon King was, we're good friends now, but this is when I first met her. I got in there and I did that audition and she stopped me and she goes, who are you? Where did you come from? And I didn't know how to take that. And she goes, no, 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 it's not a bad thing. She goes, you have raw talent. And so she said, what I want you to do is I want you to take some classes. The next, that three days later, I signed up at Second City. Four days later, they called me back to be a stand-in in in a barbershop. And if anybody who's watching this don't know what a stand-in does, a stand-in does everything the main character does Mm -hmm. on camera to get the director and everybody ready for them to do it on camera. And I was keen in standing. Um, and so I did that and I started taking my classes. And then uh, my instructor introduced me to his agent. I got an agent. I started booking gigs while I was taking classes. And that's how I got into acting. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so That is awesome. About how old were you when that first took off? Mm-mm, you trying to get me to my age. Uh-uh. <laughs> but that's G14 classified information. I, no, no, I was, I think I was um at that time, I think I was about 25. Okay. Yeah. About, about yeah, it's about 25. Yeah, it's about 25. Maybe 26. Awesome. But yeah. yeah. That is mm-hmm. awesome. Awesome, awesome. So tell us about how you got you did the sports, you did the entertainment. And then you get into the speaking, coaching. How did you get into that? So now here's the funny part. I was doing that all alone. Okay. So when I was in high school and college, I would always go work with the younger kids when I was in high school. Then when I was in college, I would always go back and work with the younger kids. And then I started, I had my first speaking engagement, my eighth grade graduation. Now, remember, I was the kid that couldn't couldn't read. Mm but I could talk and people like me. Um, I was likable, but then, but the thing is, I never knew then I was going to be a life coach or a motivational speaker. I didn't know that. I just knew that I like helping people. Yeah. Even at a, at a young age. Um, and then what happened was, um, as I, as I started getting older, I was like, I, I knew I had a voice and I was, I always found myself. I always found myself when I was in college and then when I graduated college and I started subbing and working as, as a teacher, I always found myself telling kids and even people my story. Yeah. But the reason I was telling my story, because I was always in the impoverished neighborhoods or the bad neighborhoods. So I was always telling them, hey, man, you can be great. Hey, don't let somebody's opinion become your reality. Hey, you can be symbolic. What that mean? It means simply your best. 
You can always be your best. So I found myself doing that. And so from there, I would I would go speak at um, little events. Like I'm talking about five people, 10 people. But it for, to me, it didn't matter how many it was. And and then I, I started speaking at like I, I had to go speak at a battered women's shelter one time, and I'm like, what am I gonna tell these ladies? And I remember at one point when I lived in LA, I was homeless. Um, I, I knew I overcame abuse, uh, so and I knew I had a mama that I loved dearly and taught me a lot, and yeah. so I started using all of these things that I've been through and that I knew to encourage other people. And I just started doing it. And then one day I decided, I said, you know what? I'm going to get a certification. So then I took some classes, you know, because you know how people are. People are, oh my goodness, people can be so, what, what certifies you? I said, well, first of all, life, life experiences. Right. <laughs> and, and, and now this piece of paper, and now this piece of paper, you know? So, and that's how I got into it. And I decided that I, I decided that entertainment and acting was my passion. But when I found out my purpose, my purpose was affecting change. My purpose is helping people. You know, that's when um, I really, I started to really, I really dove into it. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up about the certification thing, because, child, that's a whole other podcast. There there can be, (laughs) in the coaching industry, some people can be life coach snobs. They really, oh my goodness, life coach snob. They're like, oh, what certification do you have? And are you ICF certified? And oh, I've got this. I'm a John Maxwell coach. And what are you? And it's like people don't really care about any of that. The only people who really care about those things are other coaches that are just trying to compare yeah. themselves yeah. with the competition. Like, People will listen to you if you don't have any certifications at all. Yes, they will. You've There's been, a lane. You can help me. Okay, great. Tell me what yeah. I know. Tell me how yeah. to get where you're at or tell me how to do what you did. That's all people mm. care about is if you can help them. Literally. It's about it's about touching the heart. It's yeah. about touching the heart and the spirit and, and um and filling a void and, and a need. And and people have to understand. That's why like when people talk to me, they were like, they 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 find it funny. Like yesterday I was someplace and you know, this lady and her husband were like, oh my God, we were just watching your Chicago PD. Like, you're so cool. You're like a regular person. I said, I am a regular person. Right. I said, I just do that. Yeah. I'm like, I just do that. You know, it's like, you treat people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And, and and some of my buddies, they laugh at me and say, dude, you need to quit walking around like you're a regular person. I said, I am a regular person. I said, you're not. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and I now I get what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You say, but because you do this and you do this and you do this and people looking at you and this, and I get that. But at the end of the day, in my eyes, yeah. I am, I am, there's no, no, um, no big eyes and no little use. There's, mm-hmm. there's people. And I'm a person that cares about people. And, and that's why I walk and, and talk the way I do is because I just want to always be able to, to be a vessel to, to pour into other people and give back. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So tell us what you're up to these days. I know you said you've written some more books and what big things do you have coming up? Oh my goodness. So uh, on the entertainment side, Mm -hmm. I have a movie screening in Chicago, February 8th um, at the North Riverside Theater. It's called To Death Do Us Part Two, written by Quincy J. Trent, uh, co-directed by me, 
uh, or should, yeah, see, I was first AD and, I, and I'm co-starting as well. I have another film premiering on March 9th uh, called Tyrant, um, Like Father, Like Son. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, written uh, written and directed by Bo Deal. And I'm also up for Actor of the Year Award, which will be um, that weekend in March. And I have a couple of books that I finished that I want to get out. This, I'm going to get out this year. And I'm going to bring out my, I have the Audible okay. for the book that you have. I have the Audible for Through the Eyes of a Man. And I want to release the book because... I did it on my own. I didn't go through a publishing company or anything. So I think that book really needs to hit the masses. So I need to, you'll probably give me some insight on that. Yeah. And um, I'm just, uh, I'm going to Memphis to speak. Um, I've been working, I went, went to work with kids in Arkansas. I'm going to Memphis. I, just, I have an international film coming out titled Chokehold that was done on the island of St. Martin. It just premiered in St. Martin in Jamaica. And um, I'm co-starring in that, and um, I just I'm I'm really looking forward to this year um, taking the speaking and the um, and and uh, mentoring and helping people and the coaching to yeah. another level. That's why I was telling you what I was telling you. So I need I need if, see I'm when I, when I need help I reach out and if people help me they help me if they don't I'll still find a way. But I'm always going to be that conduit, you know to help people get where they need to be or help, you know, put the pieces together. So um, I'm just really focusing now. I'm really focusing now on being a better speaker and uh, life coach and and really getting some of the content that I have out there to help people. Yeah. And, and, um, and that's my, that's my goal. But along the way, you know, I have some movies coming out and I'm always hosting events and things like that. But this year, I'm really, really focused on taking my um, my life coaching and my speaking to another level because I really think it's needed. And, yeah. and that's why I applaud you for what you're doing and your consistency yeah. and your commitment to helping others. So don't stop doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I will not. I will not. I know some days I'll be like, Lord, are you serious? But I will not. I will keep on keeping on. And if I even oh, think about it, I will. Yeah. Simeon told me I can't quit, so I got to get over it and keep going. <laughs> and and I, I have to do this. Quit either. I know he won't. I know he won't. And I have to do this. I always forget to do this. I need people. <laughs> um, people can find me on all social media. Everything is Simeon Henderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can always find daily motivation. And I think you see, I started putting it up on uh, LinkedIn now. It's always on Facebook and Instagram and IG. I'm always, all of my stuff, guys, is all inspirational stuff or what's going on or promoting and helping other people. Nothing else. You won't see any buffoonery on my page, anything. <laughs> Every now and again, I might put something. If it's, if it's funny, if it's fun, funny, I might put something up. But everything is geared towards motivating people, encouraging people, and helping people. Um, walk in their purpose and be their best selves you guys please follow Simeon on everything go on his website if any book that you see get it but this one right here especially my filter you can't really see it there you there go there it is right there through the eyes of a man get mm-hmm. this especially if you have uh sons get it for your oh, yeah. 
teenage boys and just let them read it. There's little exercises in here, like mm-hmm. exercises. The big symbolic moments. Yes. So many teachable moments. This is a good book to read and reread and get for if you got life groups at church, get this for your life group, for your teen boys and go through it. Mm-hmm. And my email is uh, Simeon Henderson 9. Uh, Simeon Henderson, the number nine at gmail.com. So, yeah. yeah, so I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to seeing the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for sharing your testimony and being here. And thank you all for tuning in. Please go check out everything on SimeonHenderson.com and all his pages. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe if this podcast blessed you. Thanks for tuning in. Keep living victoriously. Bye, everybody. Hey, Victors. Coach Nakia here. So let's see. You've set your goals for the new year. Check. You've created a vision board. Check. So that's it. You're all set to have a happy new year, right? And achieve all of your goals this year. That's got to be enough, right? Mm, Not so much. Did you know that 92% of people set goals and say, I'm going to do this and so by the end of the year and don't achieve them? Did you also know that the likelihood of you achieving your goal shoots up by 65% if you have accountability partners? Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, we are pleased to announce the Command Your 24 online course. This course is just what you need to make sure that you crush your goals despite life's challenges and have a victorious 2024. It comes complete with eight weeks of powerful transformative teachings, weekly assignments, and weekly Q&A sessions with yours truly, access to a private online community, and so much more. You will also receive a 20% discount on all future courses, merch, and etc. So don't delay. Register today. We start February 1st, and we are going to have a victorious 2024, and we want you to join us.